0: Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationRosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. We, we are, we are, uh, are going to be talking um, about, about the greatest faith in Israel, the greatest faith. In Israel, and um, and we'll find our scripture reading uh, from the book of Matthew chapter eight. The book of Matthew chapter eight, uh, verse five. Um, I want to encourage you, if you have your Bibles with you, to uh, turn to that section, or if you read uh, your Bible on your phone, um, to open to open that. It's, it's a good practice to engage um, with your Bible, um, and uh, and uh, if you're like. If if your phone is telling you that your Bible app is dormant in one of the unused app sections <laughs> This is a good time for revival of the Bible app on your phone <laughs> You can tell I'm going to be personal today <laughs> We're talking we're talking about about great faith, and the, and the section uh, that we're going to be uh, talking from is Jesus. Jesus is, uh, is walking on his way, and he's on his ministry circuit, right? So he's doing amazing things. And when you read uh, the book of Matthew, man, it's like a, a shotgun version, it's like a drive by version of, like, of Jesus' ministry, he's going there. he heals this person, he goes there, resurrects this person, he goes there, touches this person, this person is healed, he's moving through, through different areas, and a crowd is beginning to gather who are following Jesus, and they're amazed at the things uh, that he's doing, and while he's on this ministry circuit, he encounters a man uh, that the Bible refers to as the, as the centurion, the Roman centurion, this man comes to him uh, because he's got a servant who's lying in bed sick, he says he's paralyzed, and, and he's suffering. And so this man comes to Jesus to ask him uh, for help. And this is where uh, we find ourselves in the, um, in the book of Matthew. And I'll, I'll be kind for those of you who are still updating your Bible app. <laughs> when he had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, Lord. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Truly, I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such great faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion, Jesus said, Go. Let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. Amen. The servant was healed at that very moment. The greatest faith in Israel. The greatest faith in Israel. Jesus, having encountered this man, speaks about a great faith. He says, I have not encountered a faith as great as this in all of Israel. By the way, when Jesus says this, he is not referring to an Israelite, he's is not referring to the people of God chosen who had. Uh, 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 been chosen and set apart by God, who had received the teachings of God over many thousands of years and generations, people who were anticipating the return of the Messiah, people who were primed for the receiving, people that Jesus said he was called primarily to. He wasn't talking to one of them. He was talking to the Roman centurion. And he says of this man, nobody has greater faith in all of Israel than this guy. So I think it is worthwhile that we slow down and we ask ourselves, if Jesus looks at this man and he says, I have not found greater faith in all of Israel. Let's learn a little bit from this man and understand what it is that caused Jesus to marvel, to wonder, to admire this man. In verse 7, Having detailed his situation to him, the, the Roman man, the, the centurion says this. Uh, so Jesus said to him, I will come and I will heal him. So so, so the man details his troubles to, G, to Jesus. I have this uh, servant, and clearly this is a servant that he cares about. I have this man, and he is lying in bed, and he is suffering. He is paralyzed, but I've heard that you can do wonderful things. Uh, would you? In fact, before he starts saying, would you do something about it? Jesus responds and he says, I will come and I will heal him. Before he'd even made the ask, I will come and I will heal him. This is the man's response. Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. I was uh, looking at this scripture and, uh, and, and uh, what I noticed when you read uh, this scripture in the Greek, because, you know, um, I read Greek. Uh. <laughs> no, no, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> Google does. Uh, um, but, but, but when you, when you read uh, the scripture, what I came to realize, the words that both of these men used, Jesus uses the word heal, and so does the centurion, but they are two different words. There are two different words that fundamentally have the same meaning, but they have different emphases. So the word that Jesus uses for when he says, I will come and I will heal this man, is the word therapuso. And, uh, and this word is, is, uh, it comes from the root word therapon. That's where we get the word therapy. So we get the English word therapy. And, the, and the, the word that uh, the centurion used is a word that I can't uh, 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 pronounce, uh, but it means purely physical healing. And so I take a step back and I read the scripture again. And what it speaks to me is that Jesus was offering, before the man had made the request, was offering to come to this man's house and to Therapeuzo, his servant and what that meant was, and this is the meaning of the word, that you, you care and serve and wait on and heal. It, it speaks of, of a, almost like a process and a holistic, wholesome healing. A fullness of healing that takes into consideration your physical well-being as well as your soul. And so Jesus is offering to come to this man's house and to do what it takes. This is Jesus, by the way, offering to clear his schedule. He's on his ministry circuit. He's he's a busy guy. He's achieving some stuff. The centurion man approaches him. He says, I will clear my schedule so that I can come and I can minister to this man. It's not going to take one word. I'm going to spend time with him so that I can serve him, so that I can care for him, so that I can minister to him. But that when he gets up from his sickbed, not only will he be physically strong, but his soul will be in a good place. The response of the centurion man is, Lord, no, 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 no. Don't come to my house. Don't come under my roof. I am not worthy. Simply say the words so this guy can be healed, physically healed. So the the centurion man says, Lord, this is what I'm asking you for. I'm very specific. Here's what I'm asking you for. And Jesus is offering this much. And what, what it immediately said to me was that Jesus was willing to give more than the centurion was asking for. This morning, Jesus is willing to give you more than you are asking for. See, you're you're going to Jesus with something very specific. Relieve me from this pain. I'm here to tell you, Jesus wants to do more than relieve you from the pain. You're, you're, You're asking him, Lord, give me the grace to get over the trauma that I've been living in. Give me the grace to live a mentally healthy lifestyle. Jesus is willing to give you more than mental health. He's willing to give you more than release from anxiety. Lord, I'm trusting you for this promotion and you're asking Jesus for promotion. Jesus is willing to give you more than just that promotion. Instead of believing God simply for the promotion, believe him for the excellence that will cause you to rise up and have the pick of the career lot. Instead of trusting him and asking him very specifically for this one area Tune your ear to what the Lord is saying because he's got more, more for you. He's got more for you. But the centurion man, he missed something, didn't he? He missed something because he he asked for a specific physical healing because he was not willing for Jesus to come to his house. You see, because... If Jesus comes to your house, something's got to change. When Jesus comes to you, especially when Jesus is offering to come and spend time at your house. He's not, he's not a drive-thru. He's going to come and he's going to take his shoes off. Now, I'm thinking about the mess in my house. I'm thinking about if Jesus spends more than a few minutes in my house. What what is he going to notice? What is he going to pick up? Now all of a sudden, the things that I have learned to be complacent about, the things that I have learned to compromise over, I become aware of. Wait a minute. Is it okay for me to talk to my children this way? And Jesus sees that? Is it okay for me to live with my spouse? Like flatmates who walk past one another and give each other a cursory greeting. Is it okay for my household to be this cold? I, I mean, I, listen, I, I've gotten used to it. I, I, I've learned how to cope. I, I know what my mechanisms are. But if Jesus comes to my house, man, now I have to deal with that. Don't come to my house, Jesus. If you come to my house, you're going to look at my Netflix account. I don't need that. I don't need Jesus looking into my browser history. Who needs that? Don't say, Stay there and say the word. Stay there and give me what I need. Because if you spend time at my house, that's problematic. My prayer over all of us is that we would live lives When Jesus is offering to come and spend some time at your house, you're going, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Don't spend a few minutes, spend a few hours. Don't spend a few hours, spend a few days. You're welcome in my house. And by the way, that doesn't look like perfecting my house and then inviting Jesus. It's important that I say that. Cause then we walk away here with the, like, okay, I gotta go fix some stuff before I can. Yeah, <laughs> I know you keep telling me about Connect Group and all of that. Mm, gotta sort some. That's why I don't go to Connect Group. I mm. people are gonna know too much. They ask specific questions at Connect Group, so I don't spend too much time at church. Right? And they say, Amen. I'm out. They ask specific questions. They pray. Those Christians are discerning. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> The spirit of the scripture is be willing for Jesus to come into your house and to highlight those things that are not up to standard. And to bring them out and to say, this is not okay, let's deal with this. Yes, let's go and let's look at that Netflix. Let's, hey, what's happening here? Let's talk about that, let's deal with that. What about your relationship with your family? Is that... That seems to be awkward. That seems to be weird and cold. What's happening there? Let's deal with that. And at each turn, you're going, Lord, thank you for, thank you for highlighting. I was never going to deal with this. Thank you for highlighting. I repent. Help me. I'm sorry. The, nephi- the browser. Head, oh Lord, you. Oh, it's painful. Thank you for touching on that. If you had not touched, I was never going to confess this. I was gonna. I was gonna. Uh, I was gonna pretend until I die. Lord, if you hadn't come to my house and you hadn't shown me that the way that, that the relationships are in my house are not okay, that's the dysfunction that I've learned to live in and I was happy to live in it. I'm confessing and I'm repenting. Lord, thank you. You're dealing with me. When we have this, this, this uh, posture, it's, it's a posture of repentance. It's not one of, I've got to figure it out. Come to my house because it's clean. It's come to my house because once you've been in my house, it will then become clean. Yeah. Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. So I asked myself this question Why was this man not worthy? Why did he say to Jesus that he is not worthy? And uh, uh, you might have to help me drive from, from the back. Oh, great. Why was he not worthy? Notice that Jesus doesn't, uh, doesn't engage the issue of worthiness. He doesn't, he doesn't entertain that question. One or two things is happening there. Either Jesus agrees that the guy is not worthy, or he simply just wants to focus on something else. I don't know. But what I do know is when I look at uh, uh, other scriptures, what I notice is that Jesus was not, com- or was not afraid of uncomfortable situations. Jesus would go there. And there are some scriptures that I read and they are uncomfortable for me thousands of years later. Let's consider Matthew 15. In Matthew 15, Jesus is going about his ministry circuit once more and he's got crowds around him. And he's ministering to people. And there's this woman that the Bible says is a Canaanite woman who's following him around, and, he, and she is begging him, Lord, my daughter is possessed with a demon, but I know that you can heal her. And do you know what Jesus does? He ignores her. He ignores her, and he keeps going. And she keeps shouting. It got so bad that the disciples went to Jesus and said, Jesus, please send this woman away. She is irritating. That's how bad it got. So, so Jesus being the pastoral guy that he is, turns around to her and says, my priority is not you. My priority is the children of Israel. And, he, and then she keeps going and she's still asking him for help. So he turns around, like the, you know, the true you know, the shepherd that he is, and he says, to, he says to her, it's not right that I give the children's bread to the dogs. It's in the scriptures, read really. it. That's what she says, she says, Lord, even the dogs must eat from the crumbs that fall from the table. Now, Let's go. And he goes, Whoa, this is great faith! There you go. This is great faith. The two times that I found when Jesus says great faith, neither of the time, times was he talking about Jews, yeah. Yeah. it was ice, outsiders who pressed in. Let's consider Mark, uh, Mark chapter 2. The, we know the story well. The, 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 the paralyzed man who had his four friends that brought, that brought him to Jesus and, and there were throngs uh, in the house and so they couldn't get to him. So what did they do? They climbed on top of the house and they began to take apart the roof and let him in through the roof. And when Jesus sees this, this persistence and this pursuit, he is he, impressed and he admires that faith and he heals that man. The guy was let through the roof. He walked, through the, he walked out the door carrying his bed like this. Great faith. What about Mark? Chapter 5, the woman with the issue of blood. For over a decade, this woman had struggled with an issue of blood. No one could help her. She had sought help everywhere. Scripture says she had spent all of her resources, all of her money on trying to get well. Nobody could come to her aid. In fact, it says it was getting worse. And while Jesus is on his way to perform another miracle, she hears that he's en route. So she makes her way through the crowd, and she says to herself, if I can just get, get a, grab a, a hem of his garment. And so she, she makes her way, she forces through, and she grabs the hem of his garment. The scriptures say, power leaves Jesus, and, she, and in turn she feels herself being healed. Jesus stops and he says, who touched me? Because he, he felt the power leave. She confesses to him, great faith. Great faith, he says. What about the, the parable that he gives of the persistent widow? A, a widow who kept going to a judge and, and Jesus says, this judge didn't fear God and didn't respect people. But this woman kept going to him to seek justice. And she kept saying, give me justice against my adversary. This man would ignore, would, would ignore her, would not pay much attention to her. But eventually, he gives her the justice. Why? Because she's persistent. he says, you know what, this, I'm just going to do what this woman asks because if I don't do it, she's just going to keep coming back. It's going to keep knocking on my door. I don't want to deal with her anymore. I'm just going to do what she needs. Persistence. In Matthew 11, Jesus talks about the fact that from, uh, from the time of John up until now, the, the kingdom of God suffered violence and the violent take it by force. What he's not saying in that scripture, he's not saying that the kingdom of God is being plundered, that the kingdom of God is being attacked. What he is saying is that uh, the people who were not the, 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 the prioritized people are pressing in. He is saying that this message was fundamentally initially for the people of Israel, but there are people outside who have seen the value and have grabbed it and refused to let go. He is saying there are persistent people who are pursuing him. And Jesus consistently shows if you pursue him, he will respond. Great faith. How is your faith this morning? Great faith. Without faith, by the way, without faith, it is impossible to please God. That's Hebrews 11.6. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's impossible to move God without faith. If you want to please God, if you want to move God, approach Him by faith. Because those who would draw near to God must what? According to to, to Hebrews 11.6, must believe that He exists and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. How many times then have we tried to move God by tears and not by faith? By manipulation and not by faith? Lord, oh, you have forgotten me. Oh, Lord, I thought I was your child. If you were a good God, why would you not move on my behalf? Lord, if you, okay, okay. If you give me that thing, then I will. We try all the tricks, the transactions. We're willing to pay God to move on our behalf. We're willing to, to manipulate God to move on our behalf. We're trying to do all the things except for the thing that God said is what works. Yeah. Faith. Faith. So we can dance, we can sing, we can cut ourselves, we can roll, we can pay money. we can bring. You can bring thick envelopes of cash to church. You can sow to whatever ministry you want to. You can bless the seed. You can call it by name. You can name it. You can claim it. You can call the times anointed and appointed. Friends, it's faith. It's faith. It's not your money. It's not not your emotions. It's not your feelings. Approaching God with feelings. When he said, "Approach me with faith." Approach me with faith. Now, if you want to bring like thick envelopes of money towards my feet, that, that might move me. <laughs> just I want to close off my blessing just in case <laughs> somebody was was already running to the front. <laughs> like ah, it's faith. It's faith. <laughs> so Jesus continually is showing if you will pursue him he will respond that is right through the scriptures say the word in this discourse the, the, the centurion man he is saying I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof uh, don't come under my roof. Say the word, and my servant will be healed. Say the word. And uh, it's, uh, it's interesting to me, um, because when, when we look at that, that, that story, Jesus is being followed by people, right? There are throngs of people. Now, I'm sure there are like super faithful people in there like who are like, Torn to the heart and they're repenting and they, they they they're receiving the kingdom. But the scriptures tell us, I'm not making this up, that there was a, many of the throngs were there for the signs. Oh, you won't believe it. We saw this guy and he does amazing things. You won't believe what this guy can do. remember that? Did you hear that thing about the, the, the thing he did at the at the wedding? We turned the water. Let's just like bring flasks in case he decides to do that again. <laughs> Just just wait, just, just follow him around long enough, you'll see. It's amazing. I followed him around yesterday. There was a guy that he healed. Uh, the, the next day, a, a person who had the exact same thing, he healed in different ways. This guy has got all sorts of tricks up his sleeve. Just keep close, just follow, just watch, you're going to see. It's amazing. Jesus, do, do, show him, Jesus, show him. And sometimes we do that as, as, as Christians. Show, show him, Jesus. Show him Jesus. Maybe you've got your show him Jesus person sitting next to you right now. Oh, I'm going to get you to church and then show him Jesus. Okay, do the trick. Do the thing. I did my part. I invited invited her to church. Do the trick, Jesus. (laughs) We're always asking Jesus to do tricks. You won't believe what he can do. You won't believe what he can do. This man, when he shows up and begins engaging with Jesus, does not ask Jesus for a sign. He does not ask Jesus for a sign. He says to Jesus, Say the word. Say the word, and my servant will be made well. Now, if Jesus was sitting with him in the room, in the servant's room, the servant would have been made well. But even if Jesus is kilometers away and he says the word, the servant will be made well. And so the, 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 the centurion, he is saying, Jesus, I'm not asking you to perform a trick. I'm not asking you to, to put on a show. I'm not asking you to entertain me. Say the word. And if you say it, I know that it will happen. If you say it, I know that I can take you up on that word. Not what can you show me? Show me and I'll believe. Do the thing and I'll believe. So, so we uh, uh, we, we 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 love we love to do to, to do this thing, right? Uh, how how's, how was how church Oh, church was amazing. Oh, the Lord was there. What do we mean? Well, I had the goose I had the butterflies, people were levitating, somebody was rolling, somebody shouted that side, there was the gold dust flew into the room, we saw the stuff, the magic happened. Say the word. This centurion took Jesus not at his signs, not at his wonders, but at his word. Now, am I hating against signs? Am I hating against wonders? Not at all. Here's the issue. In Jesus' time, there were plenty of other people who were doing signs and wonders. So if you're going to base your faith on the signs and on the wonders, there's going to be a selection placed before you. What happened when Moses went before Pharaoh in the power of the signs and the wonders, Pharaoh brought his own guys to do what Moses could do. It was when the authority of God came into the room that things changed. And so, our faith is based on the word. Faith uh, saints is um, is not easy. Faith is not easy. We um, we have ideas of faith. In fact, we 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 live whether we recognize it or not. We generally live lives of faith, right? We place us we place stock in certain things, and we believe that you know this can work for me, that can work for me, and that's how we get through our day. Uh, Growing up, uh, we my family my family had faith. My family had faith in a guy called (coughs) Mitragoni. And we, we would go. We would go to Mdragon. And, and, and then he would like, he would, he would put the concoctions together. And then he would cut us and he would put stuff. And then he would he'd give us stuff to drink and we had to do things. But we walked out of there feeling powerful. Walked out of there feeling powerful. And it's not, it's not just Mdragon. It's some of you are into amulets and charms. Before you laugh too loud. <laughs> some of us are deep into the horoscopes oh man okay position myself like all right but faith the, the thing with faith is is because it's so it's not necessarily a tangible thing and we like tangible don't we we like that's why we like the amulets and the charms and the things like we like. So 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 when we have to confess faith and faith is not a tangible thing, we struggle with that. Why? Because we're, we're, before we were saved, before we came to know Jesus, we had the tangible stuff. Before, hey, let me tell you about me. Before I, ha- I I had the faith of Jesus Christ washed and cleansed by the blood, I had faith in stop nonsense. Do you know what stop nonsense is? Touch your neighbor and just feel over here. (laughs) Just, just reach out to your neighbor and just like... (laughs) I told you I'd get personal. For, For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, Sometimes we would go to faith healers or traditional healers and they would pray and they would make or they would chant and they would make concoctions and they would take a, a, a rope or a string uh, and they would dip it into the concoctions and give it to you to wear under your clothes. 24-7, you don't take it off. That's, it's called stop nonsense because that, that's, your, that's your shield against the evil, right? Some of us have got, the, have got the one, hey, don't let me get personal. Because that one, you can see it if you just turn to your neighbor like this. You know that, you know that one. It's Pandla. You know, yeah. and, then, and then we base our faith on these things, right? We place our faith, why? Because it's tangible. It's tangible and I can see it. And so therefore, I think, I feel like I can believe in it. Uh, whether it's a, it's a jewelry thing that's a, that, that I put my amulet or my charm in that stays with me, and as long as it's close by, it protects me. And so back in the day, when I know that the tummy has an issue against me, and tummy has gone to his gogo yeah. by, by the village there, who choose strong roots, and he comes back, and he's dug something into my gate and in my yard, and I find, oh, this guy is doing curses, and he's trying to curse me. What do I do? I go to my guy. And I get the stop nonsense. Now it's my guy against your guy. (laughs) But I feel safe because I've got the thing. And he gave me the thing to wash in every night. Am I getting personal? (laughs) So So we take a comfort in this thing because... Because it's tangible. I can work with it. And then I get saved. I get saved. I recognize, okay, the power of Christ. I take the thing off. I cut it up. I burn it there, church. I, it's beautiful. It's revival. It's is there. It's deliverance. And then, but I've taken, I've taken all the things off. And I'm washed in the blood. And I'm more than an overcomer. But Tommy still throwing curses at me. So what, do I, what do I, <laughs> <laughs> so what am I doing? Now I'm going to the pastor. Pastor, please help me. This guy, he keeps throwing, and I find bones in my yard, and I find things not, nailed into the tree. So I know he's, uh, he's, he's up to no good. And what does the pastor say? Okay, uh, you, are, you are cleansed under the blood. You are, prote- you are more than an overcomer. Yes. And I'm saying, okay, and then that, and then... <laughs> Amen, amen, pastor, amen. What, what, what else you got? Is there something I can throw in my bath water? Is there, is there a lotion? Is there a candle? Is there some water? Can I sprinkle some, some of that holy water? Pastor, I'm willing to buy it. But if you can give me something that I can take home. Because if I can hold it and I can see it and sprinkle it in my house, then I sleep with better peace because I know that it's this power versus that power. Hey guys, we need to repent. Because what we've tried to do is take the faith of Jesus Christ and to mesh it with where we come from and what we used to do, and what used to give us comfort. So don't judge when you read in, Je- in Exodus and you read the Egyptians after two days of freedom, they started making calves and worshiping the old gods. We're still doing it today. Just that we hide it under our... But <laughs> <laughs> The pastor has prayed for me and he has declared the blood of Christ over me and I'll go home and I'm thinking, all I got was a prayer and the blood was declared over me, but I'm sleeping and now I'm sleeping there in my house, (laughs) things on the roof. Hey, Hey, pastor, okay, you declared the, can I at least get some of that blood here? Just like, can you just, can we organize some blood? I, I agree, I'm cleansed under the blood of Jesus. Can it be like, can you just pour something over me? Can we do a thing because, hey man, this guy's coming with his powers. Why do I think that that's powerful? It's because it's tangible. It's tangible. So I want to try and match it as opposed to recognizing that it is first spiritual, then physical. And so my victory, if it was first spiritual, if my victory was first spiritual... All all that is is happening is it's manifesting in the physical. And so I keep trying to fight physical for physical as opposed to going for my spiritual victory and living in that place and recognizing that I really am cleansed and protected under the blood of Jesus Christ. I really am protected. I really am blessed. I really do have the the one who is in me really is greater than the one who is in the world. And I live from that place of revelation. So how do we know that Jesus is saving? How do we know that Jesus is freeing you today? How do we know that Jesus is delivering and giving you breakthrough? How do we know that he is answering your prayers? Because he said so. That's it. Because he said so. And if he is doing it, and if he's saying it, then he's doing it. So, so to tell you, we don't have any soap on sale. Or candles. <laughs> We're not selling anointing oil. It's in the Word. It's in the Word. And so, and so they have this conversation. And, and I love this part of the conversation because it gets to a point where the, the, the man is saying, the centurion, he says, his, don't, don't come to my house because, you see, I'm a man under authority and so I know how authority works. I have people, I, I command them to do stuff and they do it. If I tell them to go there, they go. If I tell them to sit here, yeah, they sit. And so I fully expect that you will speak it and it will happen as you command what is this man doing? He's saying there's an order to faith. He's saying there's an order to faith. And so we, we have, uh, all of us have been in those conversations where people who are anti-Christianity will tell you, the reason I can't respect you as a Christian is because as soon as you become a Christian, you have to check your brain in. And you, have, you go there and you get emotionally manipulated and you don't think for yourself and it's not about into, anything intellectual and they just drum you up and you get excited and go home. But here we go. Faith is ordered. This man is saying, I understand how your faith works because I've seen it in my own world. He's applying reasoning to faith. This man hasn't checked his brain in. This man hasn't had like a a, a, a lobotomy. He he has engaged reasonably and, and he has used his brain. And you know what Jesus called it when this man came to him and used his brain? Great faith. The greatest faith in Israel wow. Wow. Now, he says you didn't. You didn't just come and, like do a do a, a, a dance or do a trance or, or, or think that if you if you if you, if you, if you suffer that then I I'll, then I'll, I'll grant your wish or if you if you if you if you do this and I'll do a trick or if you there's this transactionary thing. He says you used your brain, you engaged me with your intellect. You said I th- I understand how this works in the spiritual and it will manifest in the. In the, in, the, in the physical. Jesus said, I've never seen such great faith. I love that, um, that uh, he, th- there's, there's kind of, to, to this uh, Roman centurion, there's this revelation of, of the Father. And so Jesus has spent the majority of his ministry essentially saying, God is amazing. The Father is amazing. You guys need to get to know the Father. If you see the, the you're going to love him. You need to, and people would hear that and they'd go, that's nice, Jesus, do the trick again. No, 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 let me tell you about the Father. Okay, but okay, are you going to tell us and then are you going to do the trick? Let me tell you about the Father. You need to come see this Jesus. He does amazing tricks. You need to see. But no, 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 the Father's amazing. And then he runs into this guy and this guy says, I know that you have authority not based on who you are, but because I believe in your Father. I see what you've been trying to tell me. And so the revelation here is that faith is based on whose I am and not who I am. Some of us are out here engaging with spiritual matters based on who I am. And so we say it sometimes. We say it, and maybe you've, heard, you've said it or you've heard somebody say it. Do you know who I am? May we say even say it in prayers and casting out demons. Ah, do you know who I am? <laughs> Tell you a little bit, a little bit um, about some, uh, the, the sons of Sceva who tried to approach things that way. Do you know who I am? When I walk into the room, the demons tremble. The atmosphere changes. Do you know who I am? No, we don't. Can you tell us whose you are? Amen. And that we may be able to recognize. Because when you operate from the basis of whose you are, do you know that the devil is not afraid of you? Not afraid of you. Not even this much. Why? Because he can take you down. He's more powerful than you, cleverer than you, he's been around longer than you, he can take you down. But do you know that when you show up from the basis of whose you are, you are clothed in heavenly authority, he begins to tremble. Because he sees you, he doesn't see who you are, he sees whose you are. Let me give you this quick illustration that's helped me over the years. Imagine you're, 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 you're driving down the highway. Some of you are BMW drivers, so you don't have to imagine too hard. And, uh, in the fast lane, right? In the fast lane. And, uh, and, 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 uh, and here, here's the sp- speed limit, here's you. Because <laughs> you know you're late, and, 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 and the car's saying, let's go. So yeah, and it's feeling good, and it's vibing, you're going, and then from a distance, out jumps the traffic officer. And you're like, ah. at that point, you've got a you've got a decision to make. You're either going to slow down to a standstill, or you can decide, yeah, My carbon fiber, a sixteen V horsepower machine uh, with free flow exhaust and da, 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 can take this guy down. <laughs> if this guy doesn't get out of the way and I don't stop going, I'm going to flatten him and keep going. Now, as far as I'm aware, none of us have actually tried tried that. If you have, come, let's talk afterwards. We've, I've got some things to tell you. I've um, <laughs> got a place to, t- to take you. It's called the Rosebank Police Station. <laughs> the majority of us at that point, regardless of the horsepower, regardless of how many exhausts the car has got, regardless of how fast we're going, begin to slow down. And we stand still. Now, in, in my instance, when, I, when, I've, when I've been caught out in those, I'll give you my secret. My first, go, my go-to is I, I, I tell them I'm a pastor. And, I'll, and then I, and I, see if that, I see if that works. If, if it doesn't, I, I, I take my medicine. I take my fine and I preach the gospel. Like, you give me the fine, I'll give you the gospel. <laughs> and then I take my fine and go. Um, why? Why do I do that? It is because... Even though I recognized that my car could flatten this guy, what I respond to is not his human power. What I respond to is the uniform that he is wearing and what it represents. I recognize that I can flatten him and in doing so I incur the wrath of the entire government that represents him. And so what I want to tell you is that in your faith, when you are engaging with situations, when you are engaging and you're face-to-face with the enemy, when you find yourself with challenges and mountains ahead of you, it is not you that the devil will respond to. It is not you that that mountain will respond to. There's a recognition that if he does not submit to you in that moment, the entire authority of the kingdom that you represent (laughs) comes bearing down on him in that moment. And he will yield every single time, every single demon. Never be intimidated by the demonic. You are a child of God and great is your faith. And so, Jesus has had this encounter with this guy. What made Jesus marvel? What made Jesus admire him? What made Jesus slow down and take note? It was because... This man had great faith. And what does great faith do? Great faith pursues despite our circumstances. That man didn't take into consideration the fact that he wasn't an Israelite, that he wasn't in Jesus' priorities, that Jesus wasn't on his way to him, that he was disrupting his day. He didn't take any of that into into regard. He's pursued Jesus. Great faith pursues. Great faith follows the word and not the signs. Follow the word and not the signs. When you are... In your your living as a Christian, pursue and follow the word, and not the signs. In your communities, in the church that you decide to belong to, follow the word, and not the signs. Great faith is based on who God is. On who God is. What did the centurion say? I know... I, I know how the authority thing works, because I am a man... Under authority. Like you are under authority. So the authority wasn't based on who he is. It was based on who who he was representing. Great faith is based on who God is. Let's stand to our feet. I want to pray for you. If you're trusting God for some great faith today you're convicted and you feel like man i want to i want to walk out that great faith i want to have a daily encounter with god and a, and a daily grace over me that allows me to operate in great faith because that's what pleases god then i want to pray for you and you if you're receiving that just kind of adopted posture of receiving whatever that looks like for you some of you may raise your hands and uh, some of you may do something else whatever that posture of, re, of receiving looks like father thank you for your children who are receiving your grace today I pray, Lord, for a special deposit of your grace. A grace that would allow them to walk in great faith. A faith that pleases you. That because they make a decision to walk in great faith, they may see you at work in their lives. Moving on their behalf. Lord, I pray that they would find you in the word. I pray that the signs would follow them and that they wouldn't follow the signs. And I pray that they would always know that this faith is based on who you are, not what we are, not what we can do. Always whose we are. I pray this grace over them in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Greg.
1: Wow. So 2 Timothy 3.16-17 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's what happened this morning. That's what the word of God came and did this morning, right? And one of the convictions that really came to my heart as Pastor Lerico was speaking was, Lord, what is hindering my pursuit of you? And then he answered the question. And I realized to my shame, it's because I want comfort more than I want Jesus. Did you hear him say that? We want the tangible comfort of something so that we can walk confident. But our relationship with Jesus Christ is the only thing that will give us confidence in this world. Nothing else will. And so for a moment, I just want you to stand where you are and think about that for a minute. What is hindering your pursuit of Jesus? Great faith pursues him. And and we were told that when we pursue him, he will respond, that he wants to give us more than we are asking for. That's, That's a hindrance, right? If I only want comfort, but he wants to give me so much more. And so, Lord, we come before you this morning humbly, Lord. And we open our hearts, God. We repent wherever we need to repent. We repent for putting our faith in tangibles. We repent for trying to mix you up with ungodly things. We repent for being so scared that we we let this world dictate how we're going to live, Lord. We bring all of that to you, Lord. And we thank you for your mercy, Lord. What we all know right now is that we are hungry for you, Lord. And You promise that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. And so God, right now we hunger for the righteousness. We thirst for righteousness, God. We want You, Lord. We want You more than the signs, more than the comfort. We want You, Lord, because You promise that You satisfy. You satisfy. Taste and see that the Lord is good. You satisfy. Nothing else, Lord. Nothing else, Lord. And as you build our faith, may you give us the faith to just access you, to love you, to seek you, to see you, to experience you in every decision we're making, in everything that comes to us in this life and this world. May we choose you through our faith, Lord, that you are the good God, that you are our Father, that you are our Savior, that you are our Almighty One. Whatever is hindering us from pursuing you this morning, we lay it down, Lord. Now just receive the Holy Spirit. He's here to give you strength. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill us with fortitude right now to pursue our beautiful Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill us with joy and hope and fresh faith. Ask for fresh faith this morning where you stand more trust in you, Jesus, more acknowledgement of you. God, just may we see you. May we see you, Jesus. We will not be hindered in our pursuit of you anymore. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord deserves a hand.